Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f we want. Gingerbread. Welcome back to the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. We are your host, Ben. It's Charlie over here. And you got Mike Fowl. Today, guys, we have a very special, very special, special person. Founder of the world famous dance crew, Up Tempo. my top cred right there my number one crew above all else of course you know him from Cabo Modern Um, he's that Nintendo Wii Tut guy (laughs) his mom was on the Ellen show wow dude and he's also co-founder of this group called Kinjas Mike's song is here folks what's up Mike What's up, dudes? Welcome, welcome, my friend. Welcome. This is your second podcast with us. Hey. First one was with Anthony. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, this is your podcast this time. Oh, it's snap. Here, oh. Time to hijack this one. Oh. It's all yours. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, what's up, man? What's been going on in Mike Song's world lately? Oh, dang. Um, I feel like, dang, life has been, uh, it feels like. <laughs> this right now he's shaking his hand uh, <laughs> oh yeah vigorously but we got video, video, right? video, right? video guys yeah. you saw it you saw the texture behind there too the so animation just, just the podcast I got you'll have to the video sorry out. guys if I had to describe the visual my hand is kind of at like a uh, what is it, like a 32 degree angle uh, at an incline going yes. upwards yes. and my hand's vibrating upwards uh, connoting or denoting that uh, there is struggle but a steady incline and hope <laughs> and potential to rise further. It's wow. like an old roller coaster, like an old wooden yeah, roller coaster. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like a Knott's? Yes. The Grizzly. Knott's scary farm. Very farm, I mean. <laughs> that was good. You are a teacher. Wow. You, uh, you said that very eloquently. Uh, oh, oh, thank you. Yeah, very much. Oh, it's not prop session yet. Okay, please take it away. <laughs> <laughs> prop session? What's that? There's all these new things, man. You yeah, guys are we, killing we're it. We're figuring it out, man. <laughs> we, we keep saying that every episode is very, or at least one thing is different. Yeah. From each episode. Yeah. Now we have sound effects for lightning rounds <laughs> and puns. Yeah. I love sound effects. Yeah. Hey, sound really hey, I, need, I need to need connect yeah, with you on some more. Big sound effect library. Anyways. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, um, did we go into origins last time? Like your origin story of uh oh yeah, you told us how you started kinda of got into dance and all that, right? Um, did did we? Or maybe sure. if you guys didn't listen to that yeah. one, maybe give us a brief yeah. one. Just give okay. us a Short little one-on-one. Uh, yeah, I know we gave you the Kinjas one. Um, all right, brief personal bio. Uh, cliff notes, here we go. Born and raised in Torrance, California, hey, South hey. Bay. I'm one of the few L.A. people that is actually an L.A. native. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we actually knew each other at a young age. Yeah. <laughs> Um, fast forward, uh, I was, um, started dancing in church, actually. I had this Bible study teacher named Kwan, yeah. who's actually connected to Lee J. It's a small world. Yeah. After all. Yep. 
And uh, he had the sickest glide and the cleanest wave. Jeez. And I was like, yo, yep. I couldn't sleep after that. <laughs> uh, the glide so, and yeah. wave that changed your life. Spoken Straight up. True yeah. Team ISO. <laughs> <laughs> team ISO for life, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was, I was born Team ISO at that moment. And so I kind of bugged him every single day to teach me how to glide. And he, I got the heel toe. And I was like, yo, how do you go in a circle? And it was like the grasshopper and master where like each time I got one thing and I'd be like, yo, check this out. Check out my glide he yeah. was like but can you go in a circle just each uh, each time i came back hey, when's the last time you talked to this guy Quan? man honestly i haven't seen him in definitely decades i feel like Damn. yeah but i'm sure he's watching your journey like i taught this kid this first glide i'm responsible for everything he glides knows. death me <laughs> i heard he's a pastor now so i don't know oh, i have no idea Man. so he's pastor kwan now apparently but we yeah. gotta get some sort of like reunion with yeah, you guys. yeah. what are those like have you ever seen those old korean shows where like they tear up and oh they yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll do one of those Dan, we should do that for every kinja yeah. like figure out who they need to reunite with <laughs> and then actually make it happen on camera yes. like someone oh, they've man. never heard from yes oh man damn write all these ideas damn. down guys <laughs> oh, do okay do sorry that was a tangent but, uh, <laughs> anyways fast forward to that i got into dancing in church um and then i was like imitating i had this like dual source of inspiration where i was watching uh mr wiggles clips i would order vhs tapes yep. um Actually, I remember when I first met Mr. Wiggles, he tested me because I was like, yo, Mr. Wiggles, oh my gosh, I used to order your tapes. And he was like, yeah, which one? <laughs> and then I was like, Floats and Glides, Volume 2, baby. <laughs> and I feel like after that, he was like, okay, you're uh, legit. You passed Young Padawan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to, uh, I was like, order your VHS tapes. <laughs> it's like VHS or DVD. <laughs> VHS for show. But um, oh, yeah, man. that was like, I was getting inspired by the freestyle tip always. But on the other end, I was imitating like K-pop dance videos Whoa. and k-pop dance choreos i know ben feels me on this at the time baby <laughs> uh was very you know k-pop is uh choreography i think is a reflection of uh you know what's popular at the time uh globally in dance and at that time in the early 90s uh k-pop looked like a lot of like you know like big new jack mop top yep. influence type of choreography it was sick a lot of the k-pop yeah. singers were getting down yep. hard like freestyling like hitting hard hitting yep. freezes like it was sick yeah so uh that was kind of uh another one of my inspirations growing up so who was the group who was your group that it was like your your like my number one spot? well to be honest like i vibed with like individuals like i loved h.o.t but I was like, yo, Chang Wuyuk, that's my dude. Yep, Chang Wuyuk uh, was the one. Yu Sung Jun was Yay. also super sick. I would memorize the choreographies. So anyways, fast forward to that. Uh, I entered this talent show. Or rewind. Fast forward. Got super passionate about it. Uh, had to like negotiate with my parents to let me quit tennis lessons. <laughs> to like practice for a talent show called Collaboration. Hey. And um, I didn't have any friends that danced or were interested in doing like choreography dances at the time. So I would go to other high school dances and like literally f wait for circles to happen. And when a circle would happen, if someone was dope, I would go up to them and I would battle. This <laughs> sounds like a really Hell bad yeah. dance movie, but this is actually what Hell I did. Yeah. I was like, I just got so obsessed. I don't know what came over me, but literally this is what I did. I would go to other high school dances. Sounds freaking funny as I'm regurgitating it right now, but I literally did this. 
and I would battle these fools that I thought were dope. And then after I battled them, I'd be like, hey, man, my name's Mike. I want to enter this dance talent show in K-Town. <laughs> Like you down, man? Damn. Like, pretty much uh, convinced. Like, this is like the dance Dragon Ball story. You're like Goku. You fight. You you fight these people, and then you're like, "Hey, you tight. You want to be in my squad?" You, it's not uncommon, though. I, I think, at least in my experience, like me, Sean, and our other friend Alan, we would go to other high school dances, and then whenever uh, "Like I Love You" or "Bye Bye Bye" came on, yeah. we just did the choreography, oh, and yeah. all the girls would look at us. Wow. <laughs> Yo, exactly. Like Sweet, you know, bro. you would hit up the other high school. <laughs> dances find these guys um we weren't doing ensign bye 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 but yeah we were like battling each other but um yeah it was it was that was how i created my first group and then um up tempo yep. <laughs> and then um Still i kind of named yeah. that as like a pivotal point because um that's when my parents even though I had to like convince him to let me dance and all that. I did all this like really teenage, like immature stuff. I like locked myself in my room because they wouldn't let me quit um, <laughs> tennis. <laughs> <laughs> like it's going to be on your college transcript. But like you need this for your resume when you're applying for college and blah, blah, blah. Why well, are you going to dance in your garage? Like, no, I got to practice with my friends in my garage. If I play tennis every day, it's not worth it. And so like, I locked myself in my room. Like pretty stupid stuff when I say it now. But um, yeah, finally negotiated. I was like, yo, I will get straight A's. If I don't get straight A's, then Dang. like it's a deal. Like, come on. And so um, yeah, we uh, we did this talent show. And then when my parents came to watch the talent show, we ended up winning that show, Collaboration. Shout out Collaboration. Shout out PK. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that kind of spawned into my parents being like, oh, okay, like, this is not an absolute waste of time. <laughs> All right, we'll let you do it as long as you get perfect grades and you do everything else you need to do and you can do this stupid dance thing. I'm like, okay, cool. Was that your dad's voice? Uh, that's like my interpretation of my dad's conscience. But he's actually <laughs> speaking in Korean. Sound like, sound like Bruce Wayne. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm subtitling my dad. Or I'm, I'm dubbing my dad. Right now. Good. Hell but yeah. then fast forward, uh, I... Find these videos. Uh, F it, I'm not going to fast forward the podcast. I'll give you details. Who Long knows? stories, Maybe, baby. Yeah. Um, that turned into me finding this website called thedonatron.com. I was like obsessed yeah. with finding this like choreography scene that I'd heard about. Uh, my sister sent me this video of a group called Team Millennia. And it was like back in the day, Team Millennia. Yeah. And they were dancing to like, stop me to my B, stop me to my B. It was like yeah. this old like DDR stuff. <laughs> and I had never seen 30 people dance together, you know, yeah. uh, amidst all the, um, you know, the freestyle videos I had seen and like, uh, you know, even like B-Boy Crew showcases, whatever. I hadn't seen 30 people dancing like that. So like with a hip hop vibe, but also other types of vibes. And I was like, I need to see more of this. And so found this website called Jontron.com after like rigorous searching. And then that led me down um, to a, a rabbit hole where I was finding all these college dance teams. I was like, what? This scene exists? This is sick before YouTube, all that. And then I heard about Cobb Modern. And then that's kind of like what uh, helped me make my decision to go to college. I didn't tell my parents this, but I was like, yo, UCI, like that's the one. And, it was <laughs> and then I didn't tell my parents that like I also knew that Cobb Modern was at UCI. And I was like, yo, that's where I want to go to dance for sure. But instead, I was like, you know, mom, to my mom and dad, I was like, you know, I could like 
just be close to home, you know? <laughs> so it was a lot of just like negotiating. Remember uh, this, yeah. kids. Remember, <laughs> remember how he fished his way. <laughs> you got to make decisions you based on dance. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing what you want. Yeah, what you want. Yeah. So, you know, you got to give to get a little, you know yeah, what I mean? So yep. it was uh, a lot of negotiating. And then it turned into, um, yeah, once I joined Kaba and went to UCI, that changed everything. That really threw me down the rabbit hole. I never thought I was going to dance for a career or anything like that. But um, the passion was there. I never, honestly, I wasn't a kid who was super passionate about anything until dance. So that wow. really taught me a lot about, you know, a lot of things, just like skill set and a hobby and how to commit yourself to something. I learned a lot of my lessons through dance because all the other hobbies or skills that I had honed as a youngin, I wasn't passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So dance really taught me so many things. Um, so anyways, uh, after uh, going down that rabbit hole, that kind of catapulted me fast forward into um, where I am right now. Straight up, I'm like with Kenjas and all that. I know I just skipped over like a decade of stuff. Yeah, let's, well, let's go back. Let's go back. I, I want to go back to college. I want to go back to college. College is fun. Um, what was your major in college? I was an econ major. Okay. Economics, yeah. Uh, were you planning to go into business like after school? You know what's funny? Like once I got obsessed with dance, um, like I had this image in my brain. For some reason, it never uh, was appealing to me to want to be a back dancer in music videos. Like I had mm -hmm. nothing against it, yeah. but I watched it, think it was cool. But I never was like, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. Like for the rest of my life, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm like, oh, that dance is cool, but. You know, when I saw the community and I saw these showcases, I was like, this is sick. And so I created this own mini dream of mine to be like, in my, what I thought, my realm of what I thought was possible. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get, sorry, I'm just going to get a job, like some, like whatever office job that'll like support my life. And then I'm going to be sick at night. I'm going to be on the illest team <laughs> and I'm going to just kill it. And that was literally my dream because that's what I thought was possible, you yeah. know? And, um... Yeah, literally was just, okay, I'll do an econ major. That was also a huge bartering conversation with my parents because obviously they were helping me go through college. And so I wanted to be, I wanted to be a film and media uh, mm -hmm. major, but uh, they were like, what are you going to do with that? Blah, 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 econ major, da, da, da. And so after lots of bartering, I was like, okay, I can't really, I can't win this one because you guys are <laughs> kind of paying for everything. But I could still dance at night yeah, and like yeah. I could still do my Kaba thing and I can join these clubs and session with my homies at night. Yeah. So fine, I'll get the degree in econ and I'll just do this dance thing on the side because that's still pretty sick if I just have a job and whatever's, yeah. but I can dance at night. <laughs> that's tight. Yeah. Did you ever have a real job? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I would say my first, well, first real job. Nah, I wouldn't even count that. I used to like work at this tennis club. That was like not really a real job. Um, <laughs> real job was at Bank of America. I was a teller at Bank of America. Whoa. When was this? This was in 2006, 2005. Oh, so this after there? after college? No, or during no. college. Oh, during yeah, college. during college. Uh, this is this was like my busiest like year of life. This was like I had just gone through a breakup. And I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, F it. <laughs> and I was like, I need to just like not sit at home and listen to slow songs. I'm going to just do everything in life. And so I like stacked my schedule crazy. That was when I had all these like resurgences of like inspiration and motivation. So I was like a teller at Bank of America. I was directing Kaba at the time. I just joined Culture Shock LA. 
Um, and I was also in a fraternity. I was uh, pledging for a fraternity at the time. And Whoa. so I was just like, oh, I'm going to do everything I love. Let's go, baby. I'm going to maximize college. Yeah. And so that was, uh, yeah. I was not a good teller. <laughs> I was falling asleep at the teller line. No joke. <laughs> I was literally falling asleep at the teller line. Sometimes I would, there would be customers that would be knocking on the desk That's window. That's hella funny. Because I'd be like asleep sitting there. And I would literally be like, oh. And in my mind, as I look back at, it, back at it now, I'm like, damn. That was like not the right state of mind to be in, to be dealing with people's <laughs> finances. <laughs> but hey, I was, I was a youngin just trying to figure out... Um, my life and just try everything because that's uh what you need to do yeah, yeah. what when you uh when you finished school after abdc right yeah i was in my my senior year of college when abd the first season of abdc happened with kaba um and so i had to take a quarter off to do that which is also a giant negotiation and then um when i came back to after abdc I finished school. Yeah. Let's go back to the ABDC thing, though, because mm -hmm. that's a huge thing yeah, in culture. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think we really touched on it last time, but like, <laughs> so how, um, from your perspective, um, Kaba Modern, and when ABDC, like the audition notices or whatever came up, um, walk us through that whole adventure. Oh, man. Um, okay, I'm going to rewind it back like a year before that there's some context on a life level um when i was right before i had all right the year that i just told you about this mega year that i had right where i was being a teller i was directing kaba all that time it was like one of the dopest years and but it was a years of a lot of like to us disappointment where like we felt like we killed it but like we um there's one year where like everyone was bigging us up and we didn't place at this competition but a lot of our peers that we respected were saying that we were making noise but like we kept not winning, right? But we felt like we were killing it. But it was like a good year morale-wise for the team. But just in terms of recognition from the outside world, there was mm -hmm. a lot of like disappointments. Or just coming a little short, getting that second place to whatever team. Mm -hmm. And then uh, at the end of that year, it was like this like tipping point of we had this momentum. And all of a sudden, uh, Arnell Calvario shot out Yoda. Mm, um, we weren't as close at the time. He was just this hovering figure who was like, oh, that's the founder of Kaba. He suddenly like hits us up. He's like, I want to meet with you guys. And this is like a, a 21-year-old version of myself, Lawrence Cow <laughs> and Cindy Manoa. And um, he's like, I need to meet with you guys. So we met at our like ghetto, janky college house. And uh, he's breaking down that there's going to be this new TV show and that like they want Kaba to do it because they were familiar with our work. Um, and so we were like, what? And it was still kind of like, okay, that's cool. But we had no idea what to expect. There was no like examples of yeah. what to go off of, except like other corny shows that didn't excite us at the idea. So we're like, oh, okay. And so, um, yeah, it started there. It was like zero expectations, but it was like, oh, we're going to have to take a quarter off of school. This is nuts. All right. Hmm. And we kept going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. And then, um, yeah, I remember being at the audition with you as well. Mm -hmm. And that audition was crazy. I feel like so many of the who's who of like the dance world today mm. were all young guns in that audition room. Yeah. And we all got to see each other like do these routines. And it was this crazy moment where the second round, everyone that got through, which is like a lot of even previous guests of this podcast, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. there was like Jabba, Quest, um, 
uh, Twitch was in there. Yeah. Like so many heavy hitters were in there. Um, Chill Factor was in was in there too. Wow. Uh, Super Crew. Um, and then uh, we had to learn choreography, but the challenge was everybody has to stage it. And then freestyle at the end of your choreography. That's right. Yeah. That's what that was. And everyone got the same song, learned the same choreo. But this was testing everybody. How well can you guys stage, present this, and freestyle at the end? And then everyone stayed. And literally, they're like, you got 20 minutes. <laughs> so everyone was like, oh. And it was like a true test of like, yo, like, how do you guys really work as a crew? Right. And we I really got totally to like see that. everybody. And it was yeah. this showcase. And I was like, still... It still stays in my head as one of the most like magical dance experiences because <laughs> everyone got put to the test. A lot of peers that you respect were all young guns. You got to see how everyone interpreted that. And it was a real test of creativity with the same tools. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing Jabba and like there was this, um, everyone was staging it differently and there was this this track. Everyone had the same track and there was this one part of the song that was like, uh, some bass breakdown, ew, bum bum, ba 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 boom, or something like that, yeah. and everyone knew like, yo, how are you gonna kill this? And it was like you would wait, right? Because everyone's freestyling to that. I remember like Twitch just had the most monstrous hits to that, right? His chest pops, yeah, 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 right. And it was like, how are they gonna kill that? And I, I'll never forget this. I remember when Jabba went. Uh, Fee was dancing at that time and Fee freestyled and he didn't hit the gung 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 there was a hi-hat right after it gung 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 and he hit the right after with the simplest like he had his arm out and he just slid on his arm and hit that hi-hat right after it and he just smoked everybody gung 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 right like literally gung 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 and everyone's like, oh my god! And we didn't even hear that! Yeah. Like, this is when musicality was new, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel like that, I mean, moments like that was just truly magical. I know that was a super tangent, but these are the things that like that hype juice me up. Yo, right? memory yeah. lane for sure. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Fee. Shout out Fee, man. I still remember your hi-hat. You might forget, but I never forgot, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that kind of like... Um, ABDC was uh, that was the turning point I think for a lot of things obviously obviously but in my life that kind of opened up the rabbit hole to uh, at least on a personal level um, oh dang like maybe I could do this like for a living for one more year <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah just one yeah just one more <laughs> but I mean like even before like you know like like going being on the show so you guys made it on um representing asians at the time you know you guys weren't doing it as the asian representative yeah. it just so happened to be that yeah. right the show is brand new um first of its kind yeah. uh, great thing for urban dance yeah. you know what i'm saying that there was nothing really at the time at least like you said yeah. kind of reputable and that was kind of the introduction of the whole crew thing yeah. i mean there's like so you think you can yeah, dance they're yeah, all yeah. solo acts true and then now it's like this like dance cruise, right? And yeah. then it's like MTV. And you guys made it all the way down to the semifinals. Yeah. Right? And then, um, you know, it's debatable of how the show uh, <laughs> kind of took you guys off. Yeah, but yeah. like regardless of the, the technical win or not, um, 
from your perspective? Because yeah, I, I know from even like, you know, myself with Jabberwockies yeah. and what we experienced, but like for you guys, Kabamon, you guys like, I mean, showing your faces, you guys were Asian yeah, yeah. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <For> us, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're only Asian when we take our masks off. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm but like, so for you and the, you know, like being in uh, college to taking a quarter off of school, being on this like new, like it show, um, and then putting Asians on the map. Uh, how how was that whole experience for you guys? Oh dang! Um, I was so young. We were all so young. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I guess what, what comes to mind most? Again, it was all so unexpected, and we were in this this bubble, right? Where still social media was a new thing. Even smartphones were not that advanced yeah. at the time. Yeah. So like they were able to kind of block us off from the real world. Yeah. And like they would, you know, you know, yeah. they took our, confiscated our phones. <laughs> so like literally you couldn't really know what's happening. You didn't know the effect of what the show was while it was happening. You only felt it after, which Whoa. is crazy. Now yeah. that wouldn't happen. But th- at that time, we didn't really know. We heard and like family members were like, yo, like my friends are talking about it. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay, cool. Right? <laughs> but there was no, you know, with context at that time, there's no other dance show happening at that time. You never really had an idea of like what it actually felt like until when, you know, I went back to school after that. That's when it was like, oh, damn. Dang. This is different. I wonder what yeah. it would be like. Just big man on campus. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just did no, that. Honestly, not gonna lie, I felt like the shit on campus <laughs> at the time, right? Like yeah. I was freaking young, man. And yeah, it was a lot of like, oh dang, like a lot of people were watching that. And it was a lot of um you know, it was a mixture of things. It was it was all in all blessings. I learned so much from that. Um but yeah, I, I, there was like, you know, just to say it and put it out there because it's been on my mind a lot too. You know, we heard about the whole, uh, you know, on an Asian level too, or Asian American level. Uh, we had heard through friends that like had a, a relative that was in like those discussion meetings with MTV and straight up like they were relaying to us that they were surprised. You know, MTV didn't know what they were doing. They had a dance crew show. And then when they saw that, like, at least in the Cali audition, there were hella sick Asian crews. <laughs> they were tripped out. And yeah. I literally heard that um, in those meetings, there were people that were saying stuff like, why are there so many Asians? Like, Asians aren't cute. Like, straight <laughs> up, right? And I'm not saying yeah, that out of any sort yeah, of, like, no, you know, because yeah, I'm talk, just, yeah, it is what it is, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's a real thing. I'm not trying to be, like, bitter about it. I'm just like, yo, this is what the yeah. time is. And that was, like, wow. some of my first tastes of, like, oh, dang. They still put us on, you know, right, but right. like I heard a lot of things about how stuff went down. And again, when I bring it out of any sort of bitterness, it's just out of like lessons and you learned and knowledge is in, is knowledge is power. Right. Yeah. And so I'm really grateful to have learned those things at that young of an age because, you know, that helped me make a lot of decisions as a result of that. Um, but, yeah, we just learned about some of those obstacles early on. Uh, but, you know, thank God some things were, you know, some things were undeniable to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And so we were still able to like... Um, to kind of uh, benefit from that experience and grow from it. But yeah, it was mixed. Came back to school. It was like big man on campus for that time. And I felt, I felt all cool and all that. <laughs> Did your professors uh, like look at you like Mike song, <laughs> everyone give a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike song. Okay, you're okay, not, from not, not that big man. On campus. <laughs> I don't think everyone was watching. I just yeah, think, yeah. I mean, usually I was like predominantly Asian. So yeah. I think anything, anytime an Asian does something, especially at that time is you're just on the radar. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how our whole generation knows who people like, 
like Jin the MC are and things, yeah, right? Yeah. When you, I forget sometimes you ask like someone who's not Asian, like, yo, you know who Jin the MC is? And they're like, who? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, all Asians yeah, know. All the Asians, <laughs> so, for sure. Anywho, yeah, it was, I think it was an Asian thing, but regardless, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was a fun time, but you know, it was mixed lessons. I also like, first quarterback i failed all my classes i was just caught up i was caught up man and i was like spending a weekend like performing in like new orleans or something like that come back and then just and i was still in a fraternity at that time too i was just like living my freaking life so um yeah a lot of lessons learned at that time (laughs) how did you so you finished uh you took a quarter off for the show yeah and then show was done and you Mm -hmm. came back and you finished school yeah, I came back and I finished school. I had scholarships as well at the time, but once I took a break, when I made that decision to take a break from school to do the show, that cut all my financial aid. Okay. So that was also a really like controversial conversation with my parents because they're like, "You're not gonna have like any of that, um, yeah, that support anymore." Yeah, and so that was kind of a tough decision. And so like when we were traveling and and like straight up making money with Kaba at that time. I was that literally just all went to paying for school, <laughs> you know what I mean? Money that I wouldn't actually have had to spend, but mm. it just really just became oh, I'm I, ironically just making this money to put myself through school because I chose to do this dance thing mm-hmm. to stop getting money, and now that I'm getting money, I'm <laughs> paying for the school that I wasn't <laughs> going to have to pay for. It was weird, yeah, yeah. ironic <laughs> cycle, but um, but yeah, it all worked out. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> so after you uh, finished school, yeah. uh, I didn't fail after that though. I, I went back and did another quarter, and I got my act together. Just for the record, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, and uh, after you finished school, was um, your your you know econ major side kind of kicking in in terms of like okay maybe I should kind of work in that realm, or were you like cool I'm done with school now back to dance? Uh, I mean, I had a crossroads. This I had mentioned this in the other podcast. I had a crossroads of like. Um, should I pursue like a quote unquote normal job mm-hmm. or should I like keep doing this dance thing? And I was so programmed to thinking like, there's no way I could do this for a living. And I'm not really interested in, um, back dancing for an artist. Mm-hmm. It just never appealed to me. So yeah, I guess maybe I'll do it for another year. And then I had this pivotal conversation with my sister and I was like, okay, she really like encouraged me to just try it. And so I did it for a year and then, um, I was actually just listening to your guys' uh, podcast with uh, Justin Chan, mm-hmm. and he was talking about that. One more year, one more year, and mm-hmm. I hella vibed with that. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, I kept thinking, like, I'll do this for one more year. I'm going to just <laughs> try it. And then, like, at the end of that one year, some new thing would happen that just makes you go, I'll try one more year. And it just keeps on going until, you know, a decade later, you're like, uh i'm in this <laughs> yeah. i'm for sure in this yeah yeah that's tight yeah. i love that um what you're talking about yeah you reminded me of the justin episode um yeah that that i guess uh you giving yourself an a, a an extension on your deadline yeah. and then you get to that deadline and be like okay a little bit more yeah. and then like you know little do you know you look back and you're like holy crap a decade has gone by and i'm still in it yeah. um i think that's really cool because uh that just i think that's just something that um no one can really plan to um get to a certain checkpoint like you just get there yeah. and then you get there and then you you can be like 
oh, this this is kind of good enough for me to set another checkpoint. Yeah. Or you could be like, ah, oh, it's not good enough. I'm done. You know, and I think, um, you know, some of the most uh, like inspiring stories are the people that uh, kept going. Right. Yeah. You know, like Justin gave the analogy of running. It's like, I'm just going to run to that fire hydrant. And it's like, oh, I already got to this fire hydrant. Let me run to the next light pole. And it's like now you look back and you're like, well, I just ran a marathon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you just don't realize it. But I think that's really cool that um, you just kind of kept going and extending and then. You know, we can fast forward into what Kinja's is now, you know, and where we're going and and so much exciting stuff that's ahead of us and stuff like that. So that's really cool. Um, I wanted to go back to the um, when you mentioned ABDC and the producers and then them being so kind of surprised that they're like, where are all these Asian kids coming from in in Cali? And how are they just like killing the game out here? And, um, you know, we we have this. kind of ongoing conversation about the urban dance scene yeah and um you know one what that means you yeah. know there's could be controversial in terms of people yeah. how they want to define it you know whether it's a style or whatever it is yeah. and there's like you know the the conversation of uh hip-hop and, and urban dance and what the difference is and um but i know in our conversations we talk a lot about the socal um choreography scene yeah that kind of stem from a lot of these like sort of Asian collegiate, you know, teams and stuff like that. Yep. Um, so what are your, what are your thoughts towards like this conversation about urban dance? Oh, dang. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with this conversation, this is a gigantic rabbit hole. <laughs> sure is. Answer right now. Sure is. <laughs> and if you are aware Welcome to the rabbit hole. Buckle up. Um, Yeah, (laughs) urban dance is the conversation right now. Um, For those of you who are not (laughs) privy to this conversation, um, I guess I'll just, I feel a necessity to just explain a little bit because we're deep in the rabbit hole right now, right? I'm thinking about this a lot these days. A lot of projects I'm working on that um, revolve around this. So, um, okay, urban dance, in my opinion, is where... uh, it's a it's a theory that it explains it explains a set of ideas and in a community right um, and I guess to connect it to what you're saying with the SoCal dance community and all that if I were to give some background on it uh, I have a theory on urban dance and like where how it came to be number one urban dance is a it's a theory in a community in my opinion and uh, it's still in its in its infancy stages it's still evolving right now. Uh, I think it's a, it is a, it's almost like the bastard child of hip hop, right? (laughs) Um, A child nonetheless, but stark differences for sure. Um, And uh, to simplify it, for those of you, again, who are not privy to the conversation, if I were to draw a timeline, in my opinion, um, this scene kind of evolved and began in the, uh, if we were to start in the Southern California collegiate dance scene in 19, around the early 90s, especially like 92, that was a pivotal year when teams like Cobb Modern were created and a group like Culture Shock was created in San Diego. Um, these giant like 30 to 40 person dance crews uh, would compete against each other and a lot of times they were brought together by um, schools like school Asian clubs, Filipino clubs, straight up. Got to give it up to my Filipino brothers Shout and out. sisters. Hey. Like, y'all That's did you, it. That's you. Right? Hey, you Filipinos guys came man. together and made <laughs> these you, groups. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of times, heavily influenced by hip hop. A lot of these were hip hop yeah. kids. Yeah. 
um, that were creating these groups, these talent shows, and um, they'd perform. But the cool thing to me is that on a, a socio-cultural level, uh, I think college was the perfect place for, um, you know, you would have uh, someone who who was experienced in b-boying, breakdancing, whatever, hip-hop, but then someone who had a cheer background and they were all like coming together in this amoeba of a group and bringing different skill sets and experiences via college and um, started creating these routines, right? And again, to bring it back to the urban dance conversation, um, this was like before people were identifying urban dance as a term. I'm just describing the the roots of it in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first level roots. We can go super deep and talk about the hip hop history and all that, but um, let's just start with the community, okay? <laughs> um, from there, uh, it kept evolving, and I think uh, that next boom occurred at um, the in 2004. I think was a super pivotal year. 2004 was the year that YouTube came out and Facebook came out. And I think social media created this giant boom. It was like a bursting bubble. But when social media came out, when um, YouTube came out and there was easy to share videos, that I think the hand-in-hand of collegiate dance crews sharing content like that and it growing faster than anything else was that Facebook was only available if you had a college email. That's right. Right? Wow. So that was connecting colleges all across the country. And then YouTube happened the same year. So the college dance crews were all hearing about each other. And this was like really catching steam really fast. I think uh, they were getting that assistance from social media at at its primal level more than any other forums or websites. Mm -hmm. It was straight up. If you were into college and you weren't even into dance, you might have had a friend that was a part of a Kababayan, some school club, and then it was getting shared to outside the bubble. So I think it got a lot of help already to go boom and started picking up steam. Mm-hmm. And then in like 2006, when So You Think You Can Dance came out, or 2005, one of those years, and then dance TV's uh, television shows came out and it started really picking up steam. And then I think when dance crew shows came out, these collegiate dance crews were the most prepared in. Uh, actually being a crew that was ready to create routines on the regular. I think there were so many other obviously sick hip hop crews, but the format that shows like ABDC created didn't favor the freestyle crew. Right. Hmm. And that's where I'm starting to feel like urban dance, like kind of drifted off from hip hop. Again, it will always be connected. And here's like a controversial topic right here. But what I feel so confident, or at least I, I true, I strongly believe that this is where a, a, a shift happened um i think at this 2004 like period when facebook social media youtube all happened at that same time uh i think that this is also when all these hip-hop kids like got really obsessed with choreography mm. and i think that's where you know um as much as we could do uh um our hip-hop history and our research right uh so much of hip hop culture is uh, focused on like freestyle is the real style, right? It's the truest expression of the form. There's countless interviews that you can watch where, uh, you know, many pioneers will claim that like the truest form of expression is freestyle. And so I think that, again, there's so much to be learned from that. 
But I think that's when these choreography enthusiasts who are obsessed with also as as pop as it gets with like NSYNC or like K-pop or whatever, were getting influenced by that. And when they were drawing influence from hip hop, these kids who loved and had the opportunity to via the community to share choreography and all this creativity via these college clubs and outside of college clubs as well, but the same scene and getting inspired like, yo, that guy from San Diego is sick, but those guys from the Bay are freaking sick. And this just like creativity started spinning. And when we would look to um, hip hop, there was so much movement vocabulary and so much obviously uh, techniques and history to be learned. But for the choreography enthusiast, we began to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that that's mm-hmm. when it started to become this shift. And I think that when that happened and there was such a, a strong um, rift from specific uh, hip-hop heads of like, oh, that's not hip-hop, I think that just literally turned into urban dance becoming its own thing. And I think there's this conversation where urban dance is claiming to be a new style and they're creating something brand new. Well, I I think it's more like a home, a haven for those <laughs> who who are not deemed hip hop, yeah. But our choreography enthusiasts, straight up, yeah. and it's like there's this conversation where it could be appropriating culture, but I think the the difference is it will never. I personally will never uh, not give credit to hip hop. We are the bastard child, but mm. we are like Jon Snow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where yeah. we are like, we got other influences. There's other blood in us. Yeah. There was other royal blood that we have been affected by. <laughs> Game, of <laughs> Game of Urban Thrones. Uh, okay, I don't mean royal like we're like on some pedestal or something like that. It was just, the, the analogy went haywire. But uh, anyways, uh, dang, I went through so many tangents, but um, back to urban dance. I think that's when this these group of choreography enthusiasts went down the rabbit hole. And when that happened, we kind of shifted and it made this community. And as much as we want to go to a hip-hop scene, they're also like the reference material was like, even when we would take these pioneers' classes, um, we would learn the movement, but like these pioneers' freestyle, that is their art. And we didn't, there wasn't much reference to watch them perform choreography on the regular they're sharpening their freestyle tool, but at the end of the day, like there wasn't that much choreography material to reference as much as there was the scene where people were creating regularly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's why it was like, yo, I'm going to keep watching. Like I'm going to go on Boogie Zone. I'm going to go on YouTube, whatever, and watch these videos because you were able to get inspired by all sorts of choreography. And then, come the influences from contemporary world from wherever world and that was the beauty of our scene at that time where like straight up if somebody came in and had a salsa background but they were like yo I could put this in our routine and they were like another fellow club member at Kaaba be like yo mm-hmm. make that salsa work let's mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. and it would work and it would blow it up like that was yeah. the old scene it was beautiful and so um, yeah I think that's how it started like this rift happened where this, we went down the rabbit hole and now it's just this haven, right? It's just a community where, yeah, it's created its own culture where it is a, a group of uh, started with college teams, but now it's just a scene of choreography enthusiasts. And that's where I um, I like specify that term because uh, I think that's where you just can't deny that there's a difference from a lot of straight up hip hop heads. You know what I mean? Where, um, yeah, can you blame any humans for being obsessed with choreography? You know what I mean? I think... Mm-hmm. That's the only difference where I do question sometimes somewhere in the timeline, it could have been adopted uh, by hip hop. Mm -hmm. 
um, the same way like now in music and hip hop, um, there was like so many, you know, with rappers, the no one was barring the rappers saying like, yo, you are not hip hop. Like if someone said that to Drake right now, mm-hmm. everyone would be laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't deny the talent. But somewhere along the line, somebody drew lines with choreography for dance, mm-hmm. and it, and it, and look what happened, man! It, you it pointed in a different rabbit hole. But that's not the only reason why. There also wasn't, in my opinion, enough reference material where like yeah you had to look at contemporary you had to look at all these other things and get these other mm-hmm. influences because people were not obsessed with choreography in the same way and i think that just speaks for itself like what were all the artists doing mm-hmm. and so uh fast forward back to the question with urban dance i think that's why it's evolved into this community and this ideology where yeah it's a haven where um you need a foundation in something I don't, that's why i don't think it's a brand new style kind of like mm-hmm. how you know the analogy we throw around sometimes is like mma like how in mma no one is oh mma is my style (laughs) you know what i mean with mixed martial arts like you know someone's like kickboxing heavy or someone is like ground like wrestling greco-roman wrestling heavy or whatever and it's like you need a foundation in something yeah but then i think it's the obsession with choreography which is the interest in choreography Mm -hmm. where like i enjoy doing that and i think that's super sick and a great way to spend my time (laughs) you know what i mean and then i think that that mixture just provides this home where it's like and i don't think we are not Mm hip-hop but it's just literally a home for when there decides to be that person that's like yo you're not hip-hop it's like that's fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) i am honestly a i i reside in urban dance and it's all good this is this community we've created that's Straight up different. And it's all inclusive. Everybody's invited. That's another difference. Straight up. Yeah. If you feel that you are in urban dance, then guess what? You are. It's all good. There is a different culture there. Straight After up. you fill out an application, send us an essay form on why you think you are a part of urban dance, and then we will review it until further notice. I'm just totally joking. We don't, <laughs> we don't do that at all. Actually, I'm down for that. That's a lot of essays to read, though. <laughs> I like I like what you're saying um, because the, I guess the debate can come from whether it's a style because you can, you know, say like hip hop is a style. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, to put the emphasis on more of a community, yeah. the the inclusive nature of it, choreography being a big component of yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's like yeah, I love the MMA analogy because MMA itself is not a style. It's 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 literally the platform yeah. or the arena, so to speak, where yeah. um, all these the fusion of all these disciplines can kind of um, exist in a space where yeah. it's utilized um, in the most efficient way to get an objective done. Yeah. Obviously, MMA is for fighting or you know martial arts, but so for urban dance it's like yeah it's like this community this culture that kind of revolves and and i guess the backbone of it is kind of more so the choreography side of it absolutely and and then the styles can be diverse right Mm -hmm. come from hip-hop to to jazz to contemporary modern classical styles and then all of it can still live in this realm of urban dance right don't get me wrong too like urban dancers are many freestyle is still an important part of the sure. artistry for dang sure it's just it's just like uh yeah the obsession with choreography mm-hmm. straight up i love that <laughs> i mean so okay, so now that we're kind of um you know and i don't i wouldn't say that like oh we're the ones who created this we're we're just trying to understand it we're yeah. having the conversations yeah 
where these conversations are important because these are the things that progress into the next conversation to the next thing to the bigger things that develop you know and so um i think we touched on this even in our in our last um podcast but like things like sports you know and like how things become a sport you know things traditionally you know we think sports involve some sort of a ball that goes through some sort of a net and then there's some sort of a point system or whatever but then now you have things like snowboarding which is a sport you know skateboarding is a sport and so like um as we evolve this thing um you know urban dance this culture um currently do you feel like um the concept of dance being sport um how what are your views towards it uh you know especially with this urban dance conversation kind of in the mix um i absolutely think dance is a sport i think it's one of the oldest sports uh known to mankind Mm -hmm. um and i think it's a really important conversation because i think it affects the livelihood of of all dancers straight up Mm -hmm. i think that um you know, sport, uh, I don't know if we could like Google the definition of sport, but um, straight up, it's like we are, if you were to deny that the physical ability it takes and the discipline it takes to to be a dancer, you'd be, you just, that means you don't know how to move your body or exercise, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, when we say dance is sport, I think what the underlining meaning, the subtext is what why we push that statement is uh the subtext is really like dear public please respect dance (laughs) as if it is a professional occupation Mm -hmm. and hobby and trade with the same discipline it takes uh as any of any sport or art form that you are more familiar with Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that's what dance is sport is being pushed duh dance is sport but like we have that's the most layman way to just be like do you get it dance is sport it's like um you know something i like to think about a lot right now is uh i freaking love basketball right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think about you know when uh uh is it joseph naismith something naismith created uh basketball right and you know the the tale the urban legend is that he had like a waste basket and he was like throwing balls into like a (laughs) waste basket right Mm -hmm. And like somewhere down the line, people started just like getting obsessed with that. And like they got a bunch of people, they got the world to recognize that it takes skill to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you first saw that, like it, it'd be like, okay, cool. Right. That, that's cool. Well, that's you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 you yeah. know? And then dribbling and defense and like they started carving that for like a long time. And I think somewhere along the line where it probably started as fun and games, they started a- adding all these like socio-cultural, economic like variables to that, and a lot of masterminding too. A lot of like physically talented people, creatives. But um, you know, as people started being like, you know, I I applaud whoever first thought, you know, how do we get people more invested into this? Like, why why don't we like attach uh, not just sponsors, but like attach them to cities? 
Like, yeah, because like that's that's a great way for people to feel allegiance to something or some sort of, you know, to to get them invested in something. And then once that started happening, then it like go down the rabbit. Once it's attached to a city, then more marketing goes into, oh, okay, this is our city's thing. Cool. Then when they started making stadiums and whoever thought of the first, um, oh, like maybe if we attach a, you know, advertising to the name of this, like Staples or Great Wells Fargo to the stadium, like we get more sponsorship and if we get more sponsorship then like it it adds up to oh like now we can help our athletes become the best versions of them because at the mm. end of the day we gotta win and we gotta be the sickest team right mm. but that's on the the macro level and right in the heart of it at like the, the really important like micro level is really just like okay um they went down the rabbit hole decades later of throwing a ball, freaking who knows what that ball was made out of into a wastebasket into like, okay, I got my dribble coach at like 3.30 and then I got my three-point coach at 4.30 and then I got like physical training for this at blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And I got to do this and I got to eat like this and I'm going to freeze my knees for like two hours and like that. And it's just like, they are like hyper, so many people care about their well-being and I dream of a day where dance can do the same mm -hmm. thing. And we just have to help people realize that it, we have to help people understand it. And it's okay. I don't, I don't blame people for just watching someone do, you know, like a freaking cheap trick and just be like, wow, it's cool. <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing happened with basketball. It's just that like the right variables happened over time to mm -hmm. position it for people to digest it a certain way. And I think right now with dance, um, media was one of the keys to help us because mm. even seeing the detail of dance via HD and mm -hmm. 4K right. has really made people like, oh, that's sick. And maybe they didn't see that before. And, you know, all that sort of shareability and whatnot, um, I think, rabbit hole into the conversation today. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go back and when you said, what is the definition of sport? Oh, and I yes. looked it up yes. and it's an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment, otherwise known as Arena LA. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's like, yeah. yeah. Need I say more? Well, dang, up. based off of that definition, I feel like. We fit right in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's almost ridiculous yeah. that we have to prove this to yeah. people, but it's okay. It's okay. And I also just want to like share the analogy of one day people didn't give a crap about kicking a ball into a net. Exactly. It's okay. <laughs> That's how it sounded at the time. Nobody cared about yeah. using a small little tennis racket <laughs> and yeah. hitting this little bird over yeah. a net over yep. and over again <laughs> yeah. with swift skill. Dance by definition is a sport. Yeah. 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 Straight up. That's great. I mean, you know, again, this is why we're having these talks, man. We, these these are going to be the beginnings of the things that shift the culture to yeah. start thinking a certain way. Because yeah. like you said, it's a mentality. It's like yeah. some people didn't care about it once upon a time. And yeah. then people slowly started to yeah. because people started making moves, started carving out little rules and then adding structure to yeah. it. More people got interested. They yeah. added to the conversation and yeah. got some exposure somehow. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, now yeah. it's official. Right. Um, yeah, I love it. Uh, so <clears throat> moving into like, let's say, um, I mean, you mentioned media and, and like the role that it plays um, with with the culture now, because we put so much heavy emphasis on being uh, having that sort of a social media presence. Like yeah. I think every business 
uh, now is uh, so heavy on social numbers and stuff like that. Um, and, and I think, you know, I think we would all agree with what we do with entertainment, especially dance entertainment. You know, people love watching dance videos and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so what are your views in terms of, um, one, I guess your view towards the importance of that social media presence and, uh, content driven, you know, um, you know, movements and stuff, but then also on like, say, let's say the personal side of it, uh, in terms of how much personal, um, affect I guess social media and stuff like that has on your personal life so like the the commerce side to the personal side um hmm I mean I think social media is just it's just a necessary evil <laughs> and a necessary good there is great ways to yeah. use it but <laughs> it's just uh, you know I heard this this marketing term one day that I always uh, stuck with me is said uh, market like the year you live in um, and I always thought that that was uh, kind of stuck with me because it's like okay great you could be good at marketing but like the the channels in which we communicate to people and spread information change at lightning speed <laughs> mm-hmm. and, it, yeah. and it's only getting faster it's an exponential growth rate so I think yeah social media is like it, absolutely key if you, you could hate on it all day but it's just the way of the world that's like saying those are like the people holding on to hating social media are like you know telephones are gonna have radioactive effects on your brain or something and it's like you need that like straight up it's yeah. you're spreading information that way um but like to what extent you prioritize it like in your daily life as like a you know a means of validation or anything like that i think of course you don't want to rely on that at all um in terms of uh, validation for yourself or for um you know anything you you have an opinion on but um yeah i think obviously kenjas we we're we're, we're deep in there and we're treading the waters of like how how do we stay active on social media but um you know do it our way and something that's true to us and our experiences uh, while staying active, you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and on a personal level, I <laughs> I treat my personal social media <laughs> very uh, straight up personally. I love it. Like, personal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like, because uh, I view Kinjas as like what we what we need to do, and like from time to time, I'll share like content and things like that, yeah. and my friends are you know homies mm-hmm. content, but. Um, I, I view it like a photo book, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. memories. Because yeah. yeah, totally. I do love, I love, I when, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love when you look back on your year and like I don't keep photo scrapbooks or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So straight up, I'll be like, oh, I should, I should have something at this life moment here. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me just put this up for myself to look back on and, mm-hmm. wow. and like maybe my kids to look back on. Who knows? Or any loved ones where like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not, I don't mean to get grim, but straight up, you never know what's going to happen yeah. in life. And yeah. so if something was documented, like, you know, there's a way to just like uh, immortalize just your experiences. Right. And so I think on a personal level, I enjoy it and respect it in that way. It's also crazy yeah. to kind of think too, that, like kids like little babies that get instagram handles and if this thing like survives they have their whole life on instagram yeah Yeah, that is crazy yeah dogs too yeah dogs Dogs have their own instagrams dogs at dogs and food Uh, if you guys want to you know (laughs) yeah yeah 
it's a yeah. weird one. It's a weird one. <laughs> it's a weird one. <laughs> no, I, I mean, so I bring that up because, like, uh, you know, so, um, you know, I think social media gave the ability for everybody to become a brand. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. every person is their own personal mm-hmm. brand, you know, and uh, ch- if you choose to yeah. view it as that. I mean, if, you, if it's just your photo album, great, you know, but I think now, like, if we're going to specifically talk about it for it being some sort of a marketing tool or building your business yeah. or whatever, um and like so yeah i i think i i get what the mike song brand is it's like yeah you're just you're you and then tons of photos of your dog to, you know food hey, by i'm a your simple wife, man you know? i'm a freaking I love the older it. i get the simpler i get but you know <laughs> straight that, up man that is what um you know that's the mike song brand yeah. and then i think people when they subscribe to that like they know what to get and they enjoy it and they can like kind of celebrate it with you right <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean um, that that's great if for anyone who vibes, but I also feel like I I am thankful to Kinjas for allowing me to do that because I think that if it weren't for Kinjas, I would treat my mm. personal much differently. Sure, you know what I mean. I feel like there is a uh, like a a Clark Kent Superman. Like uh, I feel that yeah, at least yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, totally. Not completely as if I'm like I don't give a crap about. There is no work on my. Of course yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. I was posting things about work-related things and an artistry and whatnot, but um, but yeah, I feel you know when you get to just look at the things you do and and view it a certain way just because you can and mm-hmm. you get to have fun with your own personal life in mm-hmm. that way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just get to like geek out and be like, cool. I I feel more comfortable to just be like, I'm gonna do whatever I want mm-hmm. without worry of like how many views or whatever mm-hmm. this is gonna get because I feel like straight up I am just dogging and lifing it up. And then, like, when I come to Kinja's, this is when, like, I suit up and, like, Iron Man turns on. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, with on the Kinja side now, so, like, um, you know, as a, a full-blown sort of brand company business, we're still pretty baby phase. I mean, we're, like, what, about three years into the game and, like... Um, since then... Three years as a business. As a business. As a business. Yeah. Four years, actually. Yeah, four years. Are we actually, on our fourth? Yeah. Oh, see, look at that. Yeah, yeah we we're about to hit it like now. Here Whoa. we go. Yeah, time flying again. Um, but like, so the um, the building of uh, Kinja's brand. Um, did you have a vision for it when when we started to uh, started as a business? Huh? Um, into what it is now, and then we got like dojos and you know complex is about to open up and all these other things clothing line is up and running like uh did you have this uh sort of a wide-eyed vision for it going into it already or um did that just kind of uh develop organically along the way kind of like the checkpoint analogies like here we are and like oh now we're here and then oh now we're here um i think a a mixture of both but uh in terms of the checkpoint analogy, like the one more year, one more year. I think uh, when we made the decision to straight up turn Kinjas into a like full-fledged brand in business in 2014, um, that was when I stopped the one-year mentality. Mm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that was like, I'll go one more year, one more year, one more year. And once I realized like, oh, I'm in this, like for real, for real, I think that's when me and Ant like really uh, like had a lot of conversations of like, okay, if this is for real, like the life thing like how do we want to like build something that like has longevity and, mm-hmm. and and answers the questions of 
not just artistry and not just like you know business and finance but also just like our existence and and just like what kind of mark we want to leave on this planet uh while we're here so uh not to get off freaking overly deep but straight up those are the questions that we ask when you pass the one year uh mentality right and you're like okay i'm in this for sure how do where do we go and again i'm not saying that you know to answer your question that we knew oh we are gonna have like two dojos in china we're about to open up a second i wouldn't know like these super specifics but yeah i think in terms of like the foundation is still there like i still see like what we had uh originally had in mind is like the spirit of that and the choices we made to protect ourselves but also um uh how should i say it protect our ability to stay ourselves Mm -hmm. and protect the little child inside of us Mm -hmm. while walking the adult's life Mm -hmm. uh yeah like putting the little um uh what's a good analogy you know freaking uh (laughs) uh, yeah it's like uh it's like kinjas is like the uh um Oh man, this is a super old analogy. I don't know if everyone's gonna know this, but you know, like, is it Krang, the bad guy? In, <laughs> yeah, in, in the teenage- little brain guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like we had to perfectly work out the body, that giant body, is <laughs> Kinja's, right? And it was like, how for the rest of our lives are we gonna perfect build the perfect megazord thing around it and protect that little brain, which is the child that gets <laughs> yeah. to flourish? Because, you know, growing up, <laughs> right? Because growing up is just a bunch of like that child dies every year. Straight up. I'm not mm, trying to be whatever, but like mm-hmm, a little part of that mm-hmm. child dies and that's growing up. But it's like, it's finding that balance is harder and harder. Yeah, but if is. we can create the ultimate protection for that, it's like, yo, you are going to stay alive until we die. Trust me. But we got to just create the right Megazord around you. Yeah. You just doesn't mean you got to go away. You just can't walk around like brain out in the open. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just need protection. But we need to make sure you stay alive yeah. and you still are walking around. Wow. And so um, I think that <laughs> I think Kinjas is kind of like that uh, um, that that vehicle for us of uh, yeah, like when we when we first made it, it was trying to like all the rules and the statutes that we set up for ourselves was like yeah visions of grandeur for sure hope mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i don't think we're the kind of people to be like you know there's some successful people that are like yeah it's gonna happen like yeah this is gonna happen yeah 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 mm-hmm. it's like um at least i'm not that that guy <laughs> but um but i feel like uh the the hope was alive and i knew that it it could happen mm-hmm. i didn't think like oh, i don't know man it's like i think it could happen you know, and I, and I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by people like um, like you too, like you straight up with Jabberwockies mm-hmm. to like a lot of my mentors where like uh, where I'm like, you know, we can things can get bigger, like mm-hmm. big up to like Arnell, who also was like a huge mentor to me. Alex Kotraviwa, shout out, was mm-hmm. a huge mentor mm-hmm. to me at that time as well. And just like the people that I surrounded myself were really um, helped me think bigger. Mm so <clears throat> i love um yeah i mean we look at our so yeah we're realizing we're going up on our fourth year um people say that um a lot of businesses fail within their first five years you know yeah. what i'm saying so our heads above water man so we're we're doing all right um so as uh you know co-founder to obviously one of uh you know the most influential figures within kinjas and I think like, um, you know, so many people will uh, kind of, uh, 
people who lead or in positions of leadership. Let's say like, you know, the directors of a dance team, right? You know, like uh, collegiate dance teams and people who step up into those director roles. And like, I would imagine like somebody in like a collegiate dance team will look at somebody, you know, a, a company like Kinja's yeah. and be like, who started that? It's like, oh, like, you know, Mike and Anthony started that. Like, what are their roots? Like, oh, they directed CADC and Kababana. I was like, oh, does that mean that I can someday maybe do something like that? Like Kinja's or whatever? So I guess um, my question is from going from a directing dance crew to stepping into building a dance brand business company um how has your uh i guess how have your your skills maybe from the early days of just directing a dance team to what have you carried on over into this new space and now that you're in this new space where the game is definitely just way more real um i guess like what how is like, I guess, how have you grown and evolved from, like, the earlier leadership times to where you're at now? Oh, man, leadership is, like, the ever, ever-growing constant journey for sure. You know what I mean? I feel like now when you say, you know, leadership on Cabo Modern back in the day, that's, like, just to date myself, that was uh, 2007, right, uh, when I directed Kaba. Um And that was into, like, you know, following up i'm not counting abdc kaba but those days were like that seems so far away now Mm -hmm. and i of course i learned a lot of foundations for lessons at that time but um man i i the lessons are are is a decade deep from that time now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's many more lessons that came where yeah that was that was a pivotal time and yes for the the current younger college person or just you know not adolescent, but young adult at that time. Um, Sure, directing a team definitely helps, but I think it really depends on like your mentality. I think going into that, it was, um, I guess when you direct a team, yes. Dance is the language that we speak. It is Mm -hmm. the vehicle, so that is crucial. Anytime you you are directing people, um, you, you need that. Like if you're just choreographing class videos and that's it and that's all you do and you're like all right i'm gonna do a group it's just like well it's just what did you spend your time doing it just comes down to experience right Mm -hmm. straight up and then um i think it's also managing humans i think that's a huge um a huge side to you know any kind of teamwork right like the chemistry between humans is different you can't just get a bunch of dope guys together and just expect it to be like, cool, that'll work. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even though that's kind of what Kinja's is. Like, <laughs> uh, there's like, yeah. there's a, you know, there's a definitely a process in which how, um, we've approached it. We've been fortunate enough to mm-hmm. have the right uh, people around. But um, yeah, I think, again, going back to your question of like how, what those leadership lessons were, um, I took away, I think more people management more than anything i Mm -hmm. think yeah it was good to dance and like get that first experience but on a dance level i feel like that was just like oh many many moons ago step (laughs) and there were many more things to learn after that you Mm -hmm. know what i mean Mm -hmm. but what really stays with me from that time i think is um is like how to uh work with people Mm. and how to uh 
uh, understand like communication and how people take things and um, understanding uh, situationally how to provide context to situations and the importance of context and communicating and understanding like where people are coming from and empathizing with different situations and understanding that it's all just a part of uh yeah getting to that end goal and it's not just about it's not just about the artistry if you are entering the group dance game and you are just thinking about artistry Mm -hmm. then um you will be lonely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true, man. It's good, man. It's true. Um, uh, so I guess uh, you know, for the sake of kind of switching gears to uh, the your personal, like I guess, journey in dance, yeah. um, uh, like where you're at now with like creating, choreographing, yeah. freestyle, yeah. all that. Um, in the realm of dance, uh, for let's say the dance student out yeah. there, what sort of um, advice would you give for like creative blocks to how to train when you don't uh, know what to train yeah. or how to push through uh, creative blocks when you're not inspired? Like, yeah. what sort of dance tip would you want to give or would you give uh, your student now in, mm-hmm. in your current space? Um, I mean, I would ask them, like, what they want to work on, obviously, like, to get really specific, but on, like, a broad level. Um, always, you have to always seek knowledge, and I think on the path for creativity, uh, I think it's a mixture of uh, breaking out of your bubble and your surroundings, if creativity is what you're searching for, you know mm. what I mean? Because, like by definition like creative creativity is like you're you're thinking the way that other people wouldn't think that's deemed creative right wow. and there's just some form of relatability that allows someone to identify how creative that is right mm-hmm. there it isn't at least that then it's just abstract mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right you can digest one aspect of it that's relatable and then but they've approached it in a way that you would have never thought like that's creativity right the high hat the yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah. the high hat Shout out, Fee. Yeah. Uh, exactly that. That mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. showed everyone uh, those kinds of things. I, f- I identify as creative, so I feel like if you are just surrounding yourself with the same uh, knowledge, same people, same whatever, and you're going through that everyday routine. I think you have to switch it up. Mm. You have to go elsewhere to um, to find your uh, creativity. And it's not like you need some outside source to like steal from it. But to just get your brain thinking another way, you know what I mean? A lot of times, uh, practitioners of the same profession, like there's a certain way you do things, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And everyone mm-hmm. kind of gets it and you all speak the same language. But it's like to to break the mold, you have to talk to someone else. You go, oh, you do it like that. And then even finding common, you'll find, I found that you find commonalities with them. Mm-hmm. And then once you realize you have commonalities, you go, oh, if some things work the same in your world, that means I have a, there's more to learn from me that I could have even ever imagined. Mm-hmm. There's so many parallels. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. And you're coming at this so differently. So I would, I would advise the students who, um, and I'm even talking to myself. I'm, I'm in this space as well right now. of just shocking myself. I'm currently not allowing myself. I'm trying to just spin past any kind of dance content right now mm. and really just even stuff that i actually acknowledge as really good <laughs> but i'm actually like straight up just like 
only trying to watch some something that I uh, I feel or searching for that uh, I feel is like super outside the box, which mm. is super subjective, but just what I feel sure. is super outside the box. So yeah. I'm I'm trying to change my intake right now because. Yeah, I think you can always get used to something. But it's a double, double-edged sword. I also yeah. want to give credit to you have to stay consistent with something too, right? And that's the discipline mm-hmm. of like if you just jumped into something, you have to stay consistent with something. So you can't just always be jumping around and then practice a million different things because then you'll get nowhere. Yeah. You have to jump around and then go. And then jumping around, I think, is where you find the motivation because you need the motivation that's going to get you past the rainy days and get you past the lazy days. It's like it needs to be that crazy motivation. Like, I, I can't stop thinking about this. But I think you'll only get that through a refresher. Mm. Need, that's where you need to go somewhere else. But once you find that, then I think that's where you're like, cool, stay in that lane. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, like, train that one technique. Take that certain class. Like, you found something different that, like, excited you, right? Mm-hmm. Now go down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Learn everything there is to learn about that. And, like, do it as consistently as possible. And really just try and tunnel vision now. Now that you found that, because tunnel vision is where uh, I don't want to say tunnel vision with like the negative connotation, but tunnel vision like focus mm, of yeah, like mm-hmm. if you try and practice a million things over and over again, you won't get anywhere. You have to be like, I'm gonna stay on this one thing I need to work on mm-hmm. for like a while because this is this is just what it is, and, mm-hmm. it, and that's the discipline it takes. Um, but then you know, I, I oftentimes find myself personally like some of the things like even within my dance life and knowledge that i feel like oh damn i uh i feel coming back the most useful to be honest is just personally are like oh damn i feel like these are the things that i drilled the hardest like and i remember really really just like uh yeah just trucking through and i'm like damn those are the things that i find the most uh, that have stood the test of time mm-hmm. that i still uh reference when i create mm. And I'm like, and every everything else that I've dabbled upon is, uh, it doesn't, um, I just find so much more value in the things that I, and it's just coincidence. It's not mm-hmm. like I knew that was going to happen. It's just more like, oh, the things that I spent a lot of time on are, are what like I still use to this day. And I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. And so that, that reminder to myself is also like, if I really want something to stick, like I need to like do what I did for like any of those other tools and skill sets. Like I need to go through one of those phases. Mm. Wow. It's good. It's good stuff, man. Um, <clears throat> what, what are you, uh, currently working on like for yourself? I mean, we got Kendra's projects yeah. all day and stuff, but where are you at currently? Personally, personally? you know, it's funny. I have this like duality uh, as an individual right now. Um, where like I, I view Kendra's like there's a, 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 I feel like I'm going deeper down the rabbit hole of the, um, I guess, the business side of Kinja's, you know, and that can mean to you like whatever you want it to mean, but just like the back end beyond pure artistry, mm-hmm. I think is that is where I would consider business and how to make this like a, a livelihood for not just like myself or the group, but like straight up like the mentality right now is um, going back to the sports analogy. Um, with Kinja's, like I look at team franchises as like a giant goal for Kinja's, mm. like the way that the Lakers are like the dream right now and straight up the mainframe is right now. Um, 
uh, and so I guess I brought up Kendra's. You asked about the individual, but like, hey, Kendra's is the all tied in. Yeah, this is the everyday, but um, like the mentality or the motivation right now and the mentality in which we approach things right now is um, we are straight up like pioneering a career path right now, mm-hmm. right? That's why we also have to react to a lot of things and opportunities, but um. What we want to do is position it where, like, imagine, again, with my basketball analogy, (laughs) imagine, like, in the 50s, all the dope basketball players were also, like, okay, like, um, you talk to them to print out the jerseys, and then you (laughs) got to rent the gym. Do you have the gym rentals for, like, the next month? Okay, because that's how we're going to play all these teams coming in, because we got these teams coming. Uh, Who knows who we're playing? Okay, okay. Did you you get the other team's footage? Because we need to study the other team's footage. And everyone's, like, all doing that, and, like, that's what Kinja's is right now. (laughs) (laughs) that's so spot on you know what i mean like and i I dream of a day where it's not going to be us this i've already come to terms the fact that like we want to set it up where it's going to be like a franchise where again i think a lot of people maybe for any youngins out there listening we truly want to set up a system where if you look at lakers it's not about like um Honestly, it's not about who created the Lakers. Like you think about it, you're like, you don't know who created most people. Mm -hmm. If you're just a, you know, a random Joe Schmo or a random human, that's like not super into basketball history. Mm -hmm. You probably don't know who the Lakers is, like who created the Lakers. Right. Um, Or any basketball team, unless you're into it. Same thing. We're trying with Kinges. We want to set up a franchise that's set up to where like you in the system and even the ecosystem we've created for ourselves. It's like, talent prevails and how much work you put into your craft prevails right and it's straight up like if you are like hungry and you have the ambition then you have the ability to magic johnson the kinjas Mm -hmm. you have the ability to shaquille o'neal to kobe bryant the kinjas you have the ability to lebron james the kinjas like Mm -hmm. and it's like we are just creating the platform Mm -hmm. And straight up, we will also give it up and there will be the benefits where, yeah, we're going to give it up to the young guns that are going to also elevate Kinjas to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we want it to, it's this mutually, we want to create this mutually beneficial system where um, once we set up this yearly system of arenas in different countries, of arena camps in different countries, and there's a schedule set up and there's multiple businesses that were income, revenue streaming in different directions. Like for this new generation, we want you to be able to just dance mm-hmm. where the basketball players are right now, or any pro athlete at a high level, they get to go. Imagine a day where uh, dancers can go. I have my musicality coach at two. I got my <laughs> footwork coach at three thirty. Oh man! Uh, I got um, I got my power coach wow. at four. I got. Um, You're like tingles right now. Hey, you know, what I mean? like straight up, like that is possible. Didn't yeah. sound crazy, yeah, but guess yeah. what? A guy with a freaking ball and a wastebasket <laughs> did it. How the yeah. freak is dance not gonna do yeah. it? Yeah. We just have to like not look towards just dancers as the pinnacle because it's not as a career. It's not the pinnacle. There's not enough uh, reference material, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. This is the split. We had to go elsewhere to find our reference material. Mm. Um, of like how to create a business and a brand. And so with Kinja is like, yeah. Uh, and we're not trying to be, again, when I say Lakers, we're not trying to be the only one. Mm-hmm. I want a freaking, you know, New York 
Ninjas and uh, whatever, you know, completely different team, whatever, you know what I mean? Like the New York Nickjas or whatever, like all these, we want like a flourishing team. Like, yeah, sure. It would be great to have like, you know, we want to be the coolest team, (laughs) of course, course. but we're trying to create a league. We want like a bunch of things to flourish because dance doesn't benefit from us just being the dopest. Yeah. Dance doesn't win that way. No. We're just in our minds like, yo, we're we want to push ourselves to make the best content we can, but we want to, um, we want to make sure that like a lot of people can do this, yeah. and like we we are blessed enough to like have facilitated and and grouped together like a lot of special individuals who are on the same page, and um, yeah, that's like the direction that uh you know i i think about on the everyday is like on this back end is just like how do we set it up how do we make decisions to position it where there's another generation of kinjas and there's like positioning people to just focus on the artistry and um you know one day people can be like oh i want to be a dancer and not have any second thoughts Mm -hmm. so that's my kinja side on a <laughs> uh, on a a Clark Kent individual side, uh, like right now, I am super super on a freestyle side. Tiny. Yeah, and I'm uh, uh, I've I've been sessioning a lot with Twinges too, mm-hmm. and the Twinges I think have really uh, unlocked a lot of uh, just. Um, freedom and creativity are the kind that i that i personally need yeah. on my personal yeah. journey you know mm. um and so yeah i've just been in that rabbit hole sick wow i can't wait to see what comes out Let's me go. too <laughs> <laughs> where are you guys at yeah, i'm, I'm yeah. curious now too on like a a personal like journey of of dance or creativity or like what occupies your mind oh man ben uh man uh, well creativity um it's it's been it's been hard i'll just be honest it's been uh currently not as um you know consistently like i'm i wake up every day like i gotta hit the studio to work on this it's not that and um i think i've actually spoken about this in uh the episode when i was like talking with uh twitch about this where um kind of uh looking at my life as it is you know um like holistically not just dance but just life you know where i'm at um personally and all that um but then obviously dance is a huge part of it and i I guess as a creative uh, i think i'm always going to be a creative but i think i also know that the um the way that my creativity is fleshed out um that can that can change or evolve and go through spurts and whatnot but I think um, what I'm realizing about myself as a dancer, I love dancing. Like, I love um, learning from people. Yeah. Like, last night I took Lyle's class. Freaking loved yeah. it. Like, that was that like, was I left, cool. I yeah. drove home last night so stoked. I was like, dang, I was tight. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and when I have those moments nowadays, I try to... Um, remember that I'm having this moment like oh I just did this and now I'm having a moment I must really like this you know what I mean and so I think that's where I'm realizing now for myself is like 
if I'm really enjoying that, then maybe I just need to get back into just like class taking student mode more. Yeah. And I told myself that earlier this year and I kind of was on in the beginning of the year. I mean, I don't know, New Year's resolutions, man, it's hard to keep. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning of the year, I was just like taking class more here at the dojo. I mean, we have an amazing outlet of teachers and that we can learn from. So I really like that. And then, um, but on the, on the, on the create, creative side, um, sure, I think uh, so much of myself just like a lot of us, music drives the the motivation to move, right? And so, you know, I'm like sifting through songs where like if I find that song that's like, ooh, like that's yeah. the one. Um, that doesn't happen so often. But as of recently, like last week, I found the one again yeah. where I was just like, oh, like, you know, when you're like listening to your Spotify in your car and then like you're like, what? Why I am I Spotify. why am I moving to this one right yeah. now? I was like, oh, I think I found one. So yeah. uh, I'm I'm currently excited to to tap another, you know, just kind of create something to um, a piece of music that kind of is a little bit I'm like not left field, but I just haven't been. I I, I like the hard hip hop stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? I dig that stuff, but then every now and then you find the little softer side of yourself that you're like, Hell, oh, you know, like cool. my mom want to tap this one. So um, Dang, is there some like life update we need to know about that? That one we take yes. offline. We <laughs> 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 um, might need to edit that out too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I think that's, that's where I'm at on, on the creative tip. But I think um, this platform uh, is a great outlet in a creative way for me too. You know, I think we, we talk about this in terms of what yeah, a podcast. Hey, thanks, thanks man. Mark. You know, and it's been very enjoyable. It's been um, as much as it doesn't seem like a creative outlet, it totally is. Like yeah. we, I feel like we're, oh, it seems like a creative outlet for sure. Yeah, you guys yeah. are keep going. It's been man. really fun <laughs> in that. So I think that's kind of like my snapshot of you know creative to what I'm working on to what's kind of you know keeping me stoked right now Heck yeah. um i mean yeah this year has been a crazy year for me i remember uh going into it i was just on a different tip mentally you know uh went through a breakup uh that's when i started training really hard physically um and i feel like this whole year has been purely uh experimenting and in, in the growth of my physicality and my mentality and uh i've gone to the point now um just being more intentional with my moves you know yeah. a challenge for me this year was to make as many moves as i can uh with not a lot of rules just purely testing myself and my ability to make things and i i, I believe now that i'm capable of doing so but I, I know now that it's not that I can't make things. It's can I make things with intention and a message. Mm. And I feel like when people do that, that's what really draws me in. And, and so that's that's like where I'm at currently um, with my music choices because I love all music. And all music always makes you like, every time I listen to music, I was like, am I going to choreograph to this? Yeah. <laughs> this is how much I love this song right now. Am I going to choreograph to this? But now it's more so it's like, where am I at? Uh, what do I want to say? And, um, I did that with like a, my, one of my last pieces and it felt good. There's a, a lot of good messaging that I wanted to say with that. Um, and so now creatively, mentally, more intention, uh, and physically I want to, uh, learn another style. So uh, I recently hit up Darren to, to, oh to mentor me in more explosive movements uh, and that's going to be my next journey is you know uh how physical physically spider-man can i get you know what i mean see oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's freaking tight, tight. Yeah. you know what i love i love the fact that 
we are like verbally like keeping ourselves accountable via this podcast now. yeah dude. <laughs> 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 Darren Wong <laughs> I've permanently <laughs> talked about this Darren <laughs> you taught me how to go to the gym now you gotta teach me how to do explosive moves <laughs> Mike Fowl oh well yeah. uh, I guess uh, I'll say for the past year or so two years however long I've been heavily into Kinjaland you know just doing mm-hmm. all the stuff that we've been doing um personally uh I guess I found myself not liking music as much just because of how the music trends have changed. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't really, I listen to a lot of lyrics and that's kind of how I like grasp yeah. on to if I like the song or not. Yeah. Um, and just music nowadays is just not like making me feel the way it used to make me mm-hmm. feel. Yeah. Uh, so I've been going back into the rabbit hole of like listening to like uh, 80s, 90s, hip hop and rap, uh, going back to like R&B, like my last two pieces that I choreographed were like, Jamie Foxx and like and an Anderson Pack song that was like uh, kind of on the R and B tip. Um, so I just I needed to go back to a place where I felt um, not necessarily comfortable, but then something that I just loved about music is because I love those songs so much um, and it helps me relate. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I've been like as far as like cre- creatively uh, in dance. But uh, ever since starting this podcast, uh, I've been heavily heavily into this world where. Uh, like Shara will have to tell me to like not work. Uh, <laughs> like last night, I was getting ready to work. She's like, "I'm bringing dinner home." Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's like, hey, do you have to work right now? Just like I should. Uh, but uh, she convinced me not to work last night, uh, and it was kind of weird because I haven't not worked on this yeah. podcast for however long, yeah. uh, and it was it was kind of a good reset. So like, uh, but at the end of the day, I ended up buying a new computer last night. So I, could, so I could work. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, I just bought a computer. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're right. Because this is a really different kind of creative expression for us ever yeah. since starting mm-hmm. this. And every episode that we do, we try to make it better and better and better. Yeah. We're introducing video. I'm finding new ways to film it and edit it uh, just so we can have like that platform where people can like listen to it. Uh, because our audience is uh, slowly coming over to the podcast, but we have to also remember that they're heavily on YouTube. So we mm-hmm. have to provide this content uh, for our listeners, for our viewers, uh, just so the information is out there. And uh, so far, like I've been learning so much through every interview. Um, and it's just these interviews itself are kind of like pushing me to like want to do more. Wow. Dude, you guys, is, you guys man. did it. The thing is, like what we were just talking about with creativity and like getting out of your bubble, I straight up see you guys and I'm like, yo, and for the listener right now, I, I feel like I'm in a another position because I, I see you guys all the time. I'm not like this guest. He's like, yeah, I haven't seen you forever. What's good? I yeah. get to, and I'm, I'm very aware of the Kinja's ecosystem in the podcast, but yeah. I feel like uh, as an observer, but a connected observer, like you guys did it. This is exactly what I was talking about like uh, a little bit earlier when I was talking about um, creativity and finding the thing that makes you go, ah, I could be consistent and disciplined with this. It's like, that's what you guys did. This is a perfect example. Like straight up, what these guys did right here for you viewers and listeners, right? (laughs) Is like, you know, it's not the the normal avenue to think like, okay, like a lot of times we do video content, we teach classes, we dance, but you found something passionate. You had to find somewhere, something outside the ecosystem and then just be like, 
this is yes this is gonna work and like i can't stop thinking about this my girlfriend has to convince me <laughs> to like not work right now and i'm like that's the sweet spot straight yeah. up mm. the sweet spot is like you guys found it whether you guys realize it or not and keep going it's never finally found yeah. but it's always a journey but you guys have like struck the the gold of i'm thinking about this every day and this is something i love to do therefore like i'm i must do everything i can to protect the journey of this and like wow. make sure it can uh it can fig it can funnel its way into like uh formulating into like the future journey of my life mm, right yeah and you guys are doing it and i think it's beautiful i'm inspired by you guys straight up like straight. you guys are another example of finding this to go Ooh, this is this new thing that's like lighting this fire i see the fire and i'm like yeah that's what it is straight up man i'm like i have this opportunity to talk about these things with you guys as a result of you guys going outside the bubble so like to anyone listening go outside the bubble like go freaking i know it's hard i'm not i'm not coming at you like i'm freaking you know some like wise sage that says <laughs> i go outside the bubble every day or, no i'm 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 right there with you listener <laughs> i also Shang need song. to go out i need to go out the Shang bubble too song. That's, that's a whole other conversation <laughs> mike's characters no dude thanks man uh yeah, we appreciate this that, that yeah. this is a. Uh, well, yeah, the listeners and viewers, you guys are catching a real conversation amongst yeah. the Kinjas right now that yeah. we're going to keep because this is a real thing. Yeah, um, for sure. And it's great because I think it's a motivator. I mean, like, ultimately, we want people to be motivated from these podcasts in whatever way, whether yeah. it's dance or whether it's to go start your own podcast because yeah. you can do it too, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, that was how we started this because I was listening to something where I was like, they're talking about how they started a podcast, not knowing things, but then now they got like over a hundred episodes in and all kinds of cool stuff. And it's like, I think we could do the same thing. You know, yeah, you so, guys are already what? 20 something episodes in. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. We're in it, We're in it yeah. to win. We it. got, we got that, plenty that, more that, where that's that, coming from. Charlie's going to add the sound. Charlie got a sound effect board. Audience, audience, audience. Yeah, audience clapping. Audience clapping. We're gonna add all these sound effects now. Uh, but for the sake of just you know firing off some questions, we're gonna lightning round you up for a little right. bit, man. If that's cool. Yeah. So we're gonna try to keep it quick. Yeah, keep it lightning in lightning fashion. So here we go. Lightning round in three, two, one. What is your hidden talent? My hidden talent? Oh man. Uh, I guess. Is this sorry? Just to like rewind real fast. Are these the like the one word answers or like whatever? What is this? Try and try oh, yeah. because we're kind of we're kind of all, you know going in on this one. So yeah. let's try to keep it as you know concise. But if you gotta elaborate, hey, yeah, I'm not gonna censor you, man. Okay, elaborate if you need to. Got you. Okay, you want to give me a new question so it's truly lightning? Okay, I got you. I got you. Uh, favorite Mr. Wiggles VHS tape? Uh, to be honest, it's the Skechers one. I have two tapes. It's not the floats and glides too. There was a Skechers one he also had. It has some Skechers guest performance on it. And that's the one I rewatched the most because Mr. Wiggles had this solo in this showcase. It was so sick. It was like a B-boy showcase and two guys came out and were pop doing a popping duo. And what he did, he did some crazy like knee work in there and it was so physical but so clean. And I was just like, oh my God, I rewatch it every day. And so that was like, <laughs> that tape stuck in my mind. Wow. Sick, dude. Uh, do you like the name Urban Dance? I've come to appreciate the functionality of that term. What is the food that you would eat for the rest of your life? The one food. Spicy miso ramen. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Extra bamboo shoots. Bowl a of rice on a the side. 
<laughs> He's not done. Some, this meal some, is not done yet. Some guys. nori seaweed. Mm-mm. Uh, I wouldn't mind like an extra bowl of tonkotsu broth. Oh my god! Oh, Can we go get that coke? Yeah, we're going on a daiko run for sure. Oh man! Uh, food you could do without. Food I could do without. Oh. Oh man, I don't want to be offensive when I say this, <laughs> but the first thing that came to mind is European breakfast. <laughs> so let me not offend, but let me clarify. It's the quick European breakfast at hotels with like the the cured meats or whatever. Uh, just like, it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, tea. I feel that. Uh, if you were to have another dog, what would your dog's name be? It depends on the dog. I have to see this dog's spirit first. Oh man, uh, it is it is it is a, a a wiener dog. I gotta meet it, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, okay, good okay. answer. All right, good answer. Uh, no more dance. What are you doing? No more dance. Some sort of food endeavor, uh, and Kenja's until I die, hopefully. Hey. Favorite fictional character. Naruto. Mm-hmm. Classic. Mm-hmm. What is your superpower? If you could have a superpower, what is it? Oh, if I could have a superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not sleep and be perfectly fine with no sl- No, let me take that back. Yeah, that was terrible. That was so wack. I have all the superpowers in the world. Yeah, that was super terrible. I just thought of a way better one. That was what first came to mind, so I guess that's my true lightning answer. But if I like before I could finish that, it's like I had the chess piece and I was about to land it on and I went, No, that was a dumb move. So before I finish that sentence, um I would choose the ability to just like create food like out of out of thin air. Cause then it oh. satisfies a lot of needs both selfish and like curing like the world and many problems in the world i would just create food from thin air that's wow. amazing that's oh, great. Wow. i've never heard that as a superpower that would be <laughs> um dream yeah. collab doesn't have to be you doesn't have to be kinjas but you just want to see these two things collaborate First things that came to mind were, I don't know why this came to mind first, but Kinja's ex, Christopher Nolan, or Kinja's ex, Quentin Tarantino. Dang. Oh, wow. That would be sick. Favorite Kaba Modern performance on ABDC? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, I'll probably say, uh, what was it? Maybe when we did um, Sensual Seduction. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, the process in which we made that was really fun. We made that show super fast. Wow, that's It's just super fun. That's yeah. a good one. Uh, favorite movie of all time? Matrix. Wow. Oh, that's okay. good. Uh, how would you define success? might not be the best lightning round question but 
Yeah, yeah, that's what's happening. <laughs> it's okay. I'm kneel. I'm kneeling you guys yeah, right yeah. now. The bullets came. And... <laughs> like Hold on. Roll. This one's important. <laughs> um, it has something to do with, in my opinion, the ability to acknowledge your blessings and happiness. So I think it's such a mental game, right? Like you could be doing this, that, that, but if you don't have the ability to acknowledge your blessings and that you are experiencing a blessed time mm-hmm. in your life, uh, I would define that as success. If you are like, like a, a high form, you had a point in your life where you had a high acknowledgement mm. of all your blessings and you're just like stoked off mm. of that but you're acknowledging it you have to acknowledge it for yourself or else nothing means shit mm. straight up everybody's definition of success your own what you might think any material possessions and you know even like love from family and loved ones like you have to be able to acknowledge that mm. wow beautiful uh what's the secret sauce hope it's a good it's a good one it's a good one um what would you say is your biggest accomplishment kinjas and marrying my wife hey. <laughs> two great answers great answers um worst fear So microphone picking that up. Yeah, of course it's lit, it is. bro. That's okay. Because it's lit. <laughs> worst fear. What is my worst fear? I hope oh. it's not fire trucks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> worst fear would be uh, like losing, losing my loved ones all at once. Wow. Oh, dang. That's yeah, deep. That Damn. Sad. Like Thanos. Oh my gosh, yeah. Dang. Yeah, getting Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Thanos. Dang. Dude. That's. That's crazy. Um, less of, more of. What would you want to see less of in the world? And then conversely, more of. Less uh, apathy. Mm. More action. It's mm. good. Solid, man. What's your golden rule? Sorry, I'm like kneeling all these questions. All Kneel it up, man. Um, this is that space. What is my golden rule? <sighs> I'm like, the first one that comes to mind is just the typical one. So I'm just not saying it. <laughs> in case you're Outside curious. of your bubble, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. Keep going, keep your hope alive, keep encouraging others when you have the strength to do so, and it will come back around when you don't have the strength to do so. Mm. Wow. 
That's tight. Yeah, <clears throat> that's that's tight. Good, man. Mike, uh, one, thanks for coming on the show. Um, for sure. And uh, it's been really cool to see um, your growth ever since I've known you. <laughs> a long time. Long time, dude. Like from high school Mike to now. Whoa. Bro, I've seen you go into an amazing man you know what i'm saying and uh you, you're one of my best friends in life <laughs> you know what i'm saying we 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 work together we're building together we dance together we do life together and like um you know with what you've done for yourself personally you know as as a individual and then and then formulating a a, a team you know which is what this is with what kinjas is and like just hearing your golden rule, I'm like, dang, you you are doing that. I, I like you taking that time to um, keep going, you know, and um, and like lifting people up is what I would say. You have that really superpower ability to lift people up. I, mm -hmm. I I see that, and I think everybody here can attest to that for sure. And, um, you know, even in this in this conversation where we wanted to interview Mike, you know, you took some time to be like, give us props for this. Like that. That's that's a that's a very Mike song thing to do to like lift people up and and give them like, hey, I just want you to know I see this in you. You mm -hmm. should know that mm -hmm. and, and you should hold on to that and, and embrace it and run with it, you know. And I think that's a testament to why Kinjas is doing what it's doing, you know. Uh, we're not tooting our own horns here saying that we're the freaking best or whatever. But, you know, in the spirit of respect all fear and none, we respect everything that's going on. But we're going at life full steam ahead. And um, I think that we, the reason why we can do that so well, it comes from mentality. It comes from leadership that, like, you, Anthony... And, you know, all of us here, I mean, I would say all, sure. all of the Kinjas bring a, 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 a sauce to the pot yep. that makes this thing freaking delicious, you know, and uh, it's, it's special. And I think, um, but, you know, going back to specifically you, Mike, like, um, it's been a privilege to just see that growth and like, um, yeah, just straight up, straight up, dude. It's just, it is what it is, man. So just want to. Toss that your way, my friend. Dude, I need to like. You know, hey, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Um, I'm sure people already know where to follow you, but just you know, just plug it anyway, man. What's your What's your uh, Instagrams and all the fun stuff? Uh, at Kenjas. <laughs> uh, at Mike O Song. M I K E O S O N G. And uh, this one's the most important one. Um, at Odin, the <laughs> little China man. <laughs> That's where I really update the most important. Things well, what's in up my with life. your food one, though, man? Uh, honestly, um, we forgot the password. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Oh, no. <laughs> we forgot because we turned it into Planet Taste Bud. I was doing it with Addy. Anyways, that's a whole nother tag. Yeah. But, uh, and then we just got into like. Um, Odin's IG. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most important one, you guys. Oh, man. It's good. It's good. That's about it. Yeah. Word, word. Dude, hey. thank you guys. You yeah, guys dude. are freaking. Thanks, Mike. Keep going. You guys are on a good tip, and I feel like you guys are on. Um, actually, I was about to say tip of the iceberg, but I don't think you guys are at the tip of the iceberg because I think there's a long journey, and I mean that in the best way. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, because you've already. 
you already passed the first iceberg. <laughs> so the next iceberg, I think, is still far down the line. But the next one's going to be like... That was yeah. a really good sound effect. Exactly. Yeah, we recorded <laughs> that, right? So I, 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 I didn't even know that was you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <laughs> is there an iceberg in thunderstorm? <laughs> wow. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mike fell. What's up, dude? You got some stuff. Some hey, yeah, full show notes and all links mentioned will be on kinjas.com slash podcast as well as in the description below. Hit up kinjas.com slash iTunes and leave us that five-star rating and give us a review to let us know how we're doing. Questions and concerns, you can get us at info at kinjaspodcast.com. Slide into our DMs at all social media pod, uh, platforms at kinjaspodcast with a K. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you. Yay, hey, yay, slide yay. into the DMs thing is real because we repost all those yes, like cool do. comments and like the things that you guys like and you know the things that you appreciated in those episodes. Slide. I regram those things, my friends. Oh, so yo, I'm gonna that. I'm gonna regram mine too. Yeah, yeah. You know, we appreciate you guys. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Shing shing. shing, shing. shings. <laughs>